Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, it's Howard Brown. Oh my God. Welcome to the Shining Brightly Show. I just get the best guests and today is no different. Um, today I have Sabrina Runbeck and um, I don't know if she's in Houston today or not, but she normally uh, headquarters there and homes there. And Sabrina, welcome to the show. So nice to see you. Same here, Howard. It's so great to meet you, me fellow healthcare podcasters uh, with similar passion and what we can really create as positive impact in the space. Absolutely. So I, I tell my audience of uh, viewers and listeners a little bit about uh, who you are and what's important to you. Yeah, I think everyone, when they introduce themselves, it can be multiple different directions. I always love to start as I'm the only child, only girl in the family. And then for anybody who's audio versus those who are watching us later uh, on video, I'm Asian. So typical Asian family, study well, get a good job, have your path, marry off, you should be all set. And that was far beyond what I thought. I was like, no, no, that is not success looked like for me. And I did go down that path and then end up having a actually really nicely clean divorce and still on good term with my ex. But I just realized that's just not who I am. And then we all have this journey that we go on no matter what field you choose. Now, yes, I did pick medicine because uh, two bachelor, two master later, I didn't really find anything else that I like to do except dealing with direct impact with people. And uh, I picked heart and lung surgery. And at a time, we're like a little busy bee, right? You're a sponge to absorb everything. And then you're the bees like, you can handle everything, let's go. But that also mentality means what? We got burned out so quickly. Yeah. And we also know surgery in itself is one of the higher burned out fields besides emergency medicine and some other ones. So I was the one who realized, wow, if I'm still operating when I'm sick and coughing, and the next day when I try to call out, and the answer I get back is, Sabrina, you didn't stop to tell us this sooner? Like we can all plan our sick days, right? Um, and that also meant to me that we need to recognize ourselves more. And we all know by study, the number one factor in productivity is appreciation. How come there's so many of us just feel like, oh my goodness, I'm not moving forward. People don't see me. They don't even hear my ideas. It's also because we don't know how to communicate anymore. We don't know how to show up powerfully anymore. We sometimes get into the safety cocoon and feel like, well, if I rock the ball, it takes more, me more energy and time to even figure things out. So let me stay in my bowl and just complain about it. But that's not what the true reality is. So I got into that round of okay, so if it just practice clinical medicine on the daily basis, it's not working for me. How do I show up that I still love this career, 
I don't know about you, Howard. Have you heard a lot of people would say, "Hey, you know what? I love what I do, but it's just not how I do it." Have you heard that? Of course. Right, and then so we're in that mindset, but how is a big question. And then it start pivoting. I went back to what I used to do before medicine was public health and neuroscience. Really looking into self-efficacy, self-care, which a lot of people are thinking wrongly what self-care means, and um, efficacy in performance sciences. How do we do the right thing, the shortest path with the right people? That can be the most challenging. So with my role start pivoting in the operational side and business side of medicine, start becoming a speaker in hosting Started was just being the lead for CME committee to speaking on local, state, and national, and even national stages now. I'm also running my own podcast called Providers Edge and TV show. It has been a whirlwind of meeting some of the experts, those people who are so enthusiastic about what can we actually do? How can we identify the gap and actually close it and not just to be a naysayer in our space? So that's where I got to now that I help healthcare startups, especially those who has a viable product to really stand out there, to gain the right visibility and credibility with the right circle and converting those true connections into champions to help us to accelerate the social mission that we always wanted to create. Dr. Sabrina, you just said doctors are sometimes their own worst patients. And you have figured out how to use all these skills and, and transform and pivot yourself. And it's admirable. So what is what is something that uh, people don't know about you or something that's uh, unique uh, about you that you don't always share? I talk about this a lot. I talk about how do you define successes by some five different level of freedom. So I live into those, right? So the five if you're curious. Uh, so for me, number one, I rank is time freedom. Number two, I care about is activity freedom. Number three, I care about is people freedom. Uh, number four is financial freedom. And number five is location freedom. So because I care about my time freedom and the type of activity I love to do, that also gave me the freedom of this year my resolution has been take at least six vacations. So I actually have four already planned. Um, so since last month, every month I have a fun vacation. Doesn't matter if it's like a short four day vacation versus a week or two weeks long to go to Europe. So I have something already planned from last months. Every month I have something all the way until July so far. <laughs> I love it. That's a huge discipline to be able to do that. I love, I've not heard the term location freedom, but I really like it. So um, I, you, you mentioned something in your intro um, about self-care. Could you just, before we get into our conversation, tell me about your definition of self-care. Yes, I believe self-care for me means a perspective on recognizing who you are, what you need, what you're aiming for, and then serve yourself back in that transition. And the self-care concept for me is not just, oh, I'm getting a massage, I'm actually taking my dog for a walk, but something that we actually do on the daily basis and multiple times a day. Uh, a big thing I talk to people is on positive intelligence, and I call that how we built 
these PQs is based on these small increment of resets. Uh, and I call them mini mental vacations. I like it. Um, positive intelligent quotient is that P that's uh, you, you, you can measure that. So, oh, this is amazing. All right. So um, you, you, you made a statement um, on one of your podcasts that we all communicate, but we few really connect. We live in this digital world now, right? You know, we zip out, we, you know, we like a post, you know, we might comment, maybe we won't, we, we just move on. We, uh, you know, something on Instagram in this digital world, it's, it's hard to connect. And then with uh, the advent of COVID that we had to isolate, um, it, it further created some separation. So you have something called the four uh, C steps to convert contacts into champions that creates business growth. Enlighten us. That sounds cool. <laughs> yes. Many people will always think about marketing is the hardest thing. And they dive into, oh my gosh, I hate social media. I post, no one likes me. And because they're tracing by the vanity factor. Or people saying, oh, I love speaking. Let me just speak everywhere. But how come I don't hear anything back, right? I just get the initial influx when the show published. Or people will uh, go chase, well, if I only have more money, and now just run a bunch of ads. But then we also know Zuckerberg and all these algorithms are capturing and restricting us on where things are going to where. So what is the actual best way to convert any clientele by study has been a personal referral, right? We all know word of mouth, people love you, they already trust you because someone else trusts you, because someone else gave you that credibility. But how do we do it? Not so passively. Many practitioners or just any businesses and have gone into, if I just do a really good job, someone will think of me and tell other people about it. But that's not sustainable. So how do we do that in a sustainable way is to say, number one, we have to captivate. Before you start, go out there. How are you captivating people's attention? And something that I do a lot with clients or even just these uh executive founders that come into my inner circle of networking group, I always have this set format of what's beyond just the elevator pitch. So within 60 seconds, I should be able to know who are you, what you're about, what results you bring, what do you ask me, right? So however, think about it. If you're not clear on your ask, what do people usually do? They forget about it or don't take action. No call right. to action, yeah. Nothing, nothing, because you're making them do too much work to even figure out what you need. Right. So people's like, that sounds great. Bye. Right. Like um, might not even be as nice. And then the last thing is, how do you create win win situation? And that's also a key. If you are not there to serve others and all you think that demystifying what win-win truly is, we heard it in the seven habits of highly effective people. And there's many different other people have talked about the concept, but many people use it wrong. And the way they use it wrong is, let's just say, for example, a someone who's a subject matter expert, and they thought the way the other person or other practice is winning is, well, I can talk to you about Actually, this is a recent conversation. Um, 
we have the best solution for sleep study and all-encompassing. Many primary care or other subspecialty do not have. So therefore, I can help their patient and because they don't have it. Like, that's not a win-win. That's win for you. Right. How are you serving that practice, not just the end user, right? So that it need to be within your introduction. Doesn't matter if a stranger that you meet or you actually intentionally go into a room. Before that prep work, I don't care if you're meeting your next door neighbor or someone who has a large organization of 10 million patients, right? The, you are not positioning yourself as a well-thought-out leader in the space. It just seems like a taker instead of a giver. So number one is capture their attention. Just like you so wildly said, Howard, squirrel brains, we're doing so much on social and doesn't seem like anything is being connected. So number one is you actually have to know how to capture their attention. And so captivate. Number two is create. We have to know what type of people that you want to connect with, right? Create that master list. And there is a study also showing when we create any type of connection, we can actually physically capable of only maintain 150 relationship at any time. So mm -hmm. it's no longer about getting to know everyone, right? Everyone means nobody. Because if you're so intentional, then we also have heard from Jim Rohn, you are the five people that you surround yourself with, right? right? So these key five mastermind movers for you. And then you always call a 50 inner circle people. And then you have the last hundred of people that are within your network that might come in and out. But no matter what level of these connections, you should be able to send them an email, send them a text message, pick up the phone, and they actually want to have a conversation, want to catch up. You have a business venture and they're willing to bounce the idea with you. And you have some new project, they're willing to point you in the right direction. So understanding how to create that list is very important. Mm -hmm. Because without knowing who these people are, what quality they're bringing for you, then you're going to be trying to mix and mingle into multiple events and then get so lost and feel so discouraged, right? Have you ever uh, heard from anybody who tell you like, how are I go to all these events? That event is so exciting. But after the event become crickets, right? Like, did I not meet the right people? Or they, they didn't want to do anything with me, right? Yeah, you should. Your schedule should be packed. You should have all this follow up and all these to do's to go uh, meet and help others. And, and they should have those same to do's to go and help you. You should be very busy after, uh, you know, some type of virtual or, or in-person event. Exactly. Right. So that actually leads super well into our next C is to collaborate. So we mentioned that win-win situation. So what type of activity that aligns with you the most that you feel like you have turned on the power of question, actually got to know the person that's across from you to create those collaborative 
situation, right? So between me and Howard, we got on the phone. It's just like, oh wow, we met on LinkedIn. Seems like we do a lot of uh, cool, exciting stuff in the healthcare space. Let's just get to know each other. Right, we don't need to have an agenda before you jump in the call. But once you jump in a call, the intention is get to know that other person to see how you can support that person, and then at the back end, what can we do together as a collaborative, right? And without having those deep layers of conversation, of course, you cannot create one-one situation. And once you are able to have those conversation, what can we do? Being super creative, right? If you know someone who's um, has a daughter that's going to college and playing lacrosse, guess what? The next time you saw a magazine that has some kind of lacrosse feature, send it to that person. Be creative, and that's also a great way to create those nurturing relationship and not just get super excited in the initial call and then crickets again, right? We have to be able to have a system to track them. And there's so many different ways you can track them. You can have the old school, right? Type everything into Excel. Many people actually use the CRM system to right. create tags. And some people just have a system that already categorized them for them, right? I can just ask that person to do and figure out things for me. And at the end of the day, as we say, it's 150 connections. We don't always have to think about, oh my goodness, I need to create an email list. I only have 300 people on it, right? Like how you're creating those relationships, it's important, not the number at the mm -hmm. end of the day. All right, so then the last one is calibrate. Means when we get to a level of a high caliber. I always promote when we meet people, it needs to be a high net worth networking, right? That means stop thinking about who's that one person you need to talk to that's the direct client, right? You have the best solution. You advocate, uh, perhaps in your field, you advocate for your parents and then you create a solution, some kind of software app that connect all these resources together. Amazing. But instead of constantly thinking about the one family, the group of family that you can speak to, how about someone who already are dealing and helping these people that you want to help, and they have hundreds of thousands of them. Connect with those people who has a large network. And others could be a large hospital system. How do you meet those stakeholders? And their expectation of how to communicate is on another level. And therefore, it's even more crucial you have to position yourself, right? Our first C in Captivate, the shorter amount of time to get to the point that more amazing, and then get in front of them when you're creating the right list of people intentionally. And then you be able to collaborate, create the right resources, opportunities, and you already think for them. Don't make them do the hard work of think for you. You're there to serve them. And then once you get to the level of calibrating, we also want to calibrating and learning the six basic human needs, the 10 different ways that we actually self-sabotage. Because if you know what stops you from moving forward and creating that next level of success, you can also identify what's that 
for others, right? So understanding the social psychology, the behavior side, the possible intelligence, different areas of what means to have a solid relationship, then people truly going to be a champion for you. And then we were seeing by study, Wharton Business School actually shown a referred customer have 25% higher lifetime value than any other method. And therefore, we have to be creative and intentional on putting these efforts in. Or the other thing can be have a business relationship expert within your core team of advisors. I I, I want to tell you, so um, Sabrina, you and I, we executed on this because we've only met about a month ago, but we captivated, we created, we collaborated, um, and we've calibrated. And this is why you got moved to the front of my podcast. And then you've invited me to your um, healthcare uh, collaborative podcast uh, coming up this week. And so, uh, and we've introduced each other to at least two high quality introductions. So uh, I have to tell you, we've, we're executing on your strategy perfectly. And I greatly appreciate that. Um, but one of the things that we actually came together on is um, healthcare startups and then the healthcare space. Now you come from going through the medical school and being a doctor. I actually come through the patient side and the patient perspective, the advocacy side of things. So we we kind of came in and met from two different sides, but it's one of our both of our passions and interests. Talk talk to us about um, you know your interest in helping healthcare startups uh, grow and make an impact and 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 the steps they need to take because that that's a very interesting part of what I like to do too. Yeah, I think that's a amazing space to be in, especially now, because we know healthcare tech solutions are coming out left and right. And there's just so many options actually for patients and for clinicians at the same time. However, most of us have no idea that they even exist because number one, people don't have the right visibility or they don't have the credibility to show. So even you have put them in front of the right people, it just seems like it doesn't seem like they know what they're talking about or they don't understand my values. So why would I invest my time, my knowledge, my money into that person or that company to make things happen to them, right? So it's amazing. I think most, all of us in healthcare are only two sides of solution. You either focusing on the patient, right? A disease, type of care, manage, how to collaborate, support, resource, all those amazing stuff. Or you're on the physician side. How do we make the workflow better? How do we uh, reduce burnout? How do we make sure we become more profitable so we can hire more help to grow the organization so we can serve more patients, right? And so when you think about all these different ideas, yes, uh, a startup might mistakenly think initially, all I need is just funding. If I only get money, I just have to learn how to pitch it. The idea is good enough that someone will buy it from me. And awesome. But once you have the money, what are you doing with it? I think the a lot of accelerators are really good at getting funding introduction, but that only get them started. It's not going to be sustainable. All of us understand no matter what type of field you own your own company or you work for an organization, burnout just doesn't stop. If you don't understand how to improve your performance level and how to better and having a quality 
a working environment, a personal environment, and truly connect what I call a total harmony of life, right? These are 10 different categories. And then that's the same harmony we need to create when you have a business as well. So we all understand the triangle, right? The triangle is the strongest. You can't break the bond. So what's on the top of triangle? You do need a, a CEO, right? That chief executive officer. But that person doesn't even come first, surprisingly or not. It should start with the chief innovation officer. You don't have something that's innovative to present then what are you executing, right? So of the triangle, you have someone who is head of innovation, who's a big ideal thinker, who has the big vision on what this thing going to do. Then actually the second chief position, executive position you need to have is someone who can turn that idea into impact and income. If you don't know how to make that a profitable, impactful service or product, it's also not gonna be doable because who's buying it? What, who's paying for it? Why people even care about this, right? So it's not good enough just to have an idea. We need to make sure that strategy is created to actually make something out of this idea. And then the third makes sense to have that executioner in place, right? People who can take the idea, take the innovation and understand the impact. Now we can actually do something with it. So once you have these three main people on the top of your organization, then we can think about the next round, right? The next round will have another three categories. And one of them is your culture and people. We don't work alone, right? Like uh, how or how many people do you work with uh, on a regular basis? It depends. It, it, usually the best groups are anywhere from three to five, but um, you know, sometimes larger. Depends. It, it depends if it's a nonprofit, if it's an advocacy, technology, but uh, the, the best groups that are productive are three to five for me. Okay, great. So uh, for there are some different thoughts, right? You, you need to start with three minimum because that's the three different core natural languages. You wanted to have one person that's speaking in physical means very tactic, doers, objective, deadline, right? And then you want someone who's that emotional, story, guidance, vision, um, who could drive people because at the end of the day, most of us are all emotional buyers. And then you have someone who's spiritual, really thinking about everything in, in the alignment on cohesiveness, right? Mm -hmm. But if we only have someone who's mostly physical people, we're not able to communicate with the two other, right? And if the people are too high thinker, too high level thinker, then the people, the rest of us who are physical is like, that's not doable. Can you communicate it in a way that I can then make something out of it, right? So we need to have that core to begin with. And then for us, there's also a school of thought of body of nine means the way that we think about historically, uh, both from religion or community, there's always nine different type of communicator through body language, through how you draw inspiration. So we're saying, okay, so culture and people is very important. And culture people, when you have the wrong 
self-driven need. People don't see each other's way to appreciate each other's value, or you don't have the good personality work together. You don't even communicate the same way. Then doesn't matter how good your resume and how good your skills are. That will never move forward. And then we add on to the peak performance PQ, right? Positive intelligence side. If you don't even recognize what how you back, and then it's also very difficult to move forward as a collective. So under culture of people, you need four different advisors. Your human resource, right? How do you hire? What type of question to screen these people? And then the onboarding process. And you need a business intuitive. What type of experience you're actually bringing to your customers and to your internal team? And then you also need a chief behavior officer. Do you understand the buying behavior of your clientele, right? What do they truly need and why would they do X versus Y? And then lastly is, do you have a chief relationship officer? Means of your internal team, how do you make sure people are being supported? They are properly placed in the right position at the right time with the right task. Right. So core of who we are, um, we all know healthcare turnover is huge. Right. We have this uh, whole era of silent resonation. And for some of us, we're like, oh no, that seems so disrespectful. How could you apply to a job and have an interview and just not show up? But that could just be a hyper demand issue versus generational issue. So if we already pre-screen people early enough and understand what's correct way, then we won't have these not show up issue where people got hired, spent all this money credentialing everybody and they leave just in a few months, right? That is super costly for any organization. Mm -hmm. Now, um, do you actually find that people and human resource in the general, right? This bracket is very important. What's your experience like, Howard? So I, I want to take you back. So being a patient, uh, you know, for cancer one, when I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it was the analog days. This is 1989 and 1990. So it was very different uh, because we went to the library. There were no cell phones. There was no digital media. Computer use was just starting. When I got uh, diagnosed with colorectal cancer, it was very different. The digital world was here. Uh, there was digital support. Facebook was around, you could connect with people. So I had two different living experiences in my healthcare setting. Um, and I found that the doctors were uh, at least open to being a little more collaborative uh, the second time around. Pretty much the first time around, I did what they said and what they told me to do. The second time around, I was a much more veteran uh, having uh, you know a, a stage four diagnosis. But what I also realized is that we worked in silos. And those silos weren't broken down. So research was a silo, pharmaceutical was a silo, industry, technology, clinician, and the patient. And the patient was put at the baby table. They weren't at the children's table. They, they, they really didn't care about the patient voice. That is slowly changing. And so um, that dynamic that you speak about is that building teams, team chemistry, um, uh, hiring someone that you know you believe is going to be in for the long haul and add a lot of value, but also receive a lot of value. Um, you speak very wise words, and it's very hard to do because teams actually score and win, okay, and bad teams fail. 
and 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 failure happens a lot in the startup world uh, that you and I are are familiar with. So um, I think that um, we're getting smarter, but we live in a bot generation. The kids are digital, um, and I'm not sure of uh, if they're in it for the long haul. Uh, they might jump ship, you know, six months, one year down the road, and it is costly. So uh, I'm I'm concerned about the the next generation. And I have a daughter that just graduated and is a TV reporter, and I I. I she's going to stick with it. And uh, I hope she, I hope she, uh, you know, does that for the longer haul, but um, you speak very importantly about um, innovation impact and then getting to income. Who's going to buy what you're building uh, really wise words there. So I, I really appreciate that. I want to put you in, in the shining brightly spotlight. Okay. Because this is a tease. If you want to get to know who Sabrina uh, Rumbeck is and, and, and my doctor and new friend, Okay, she's going to tell you how to get in touch with her and give us uh, some final commentary. So how does someone get in touch with you? Shining Brightly Spotlight. We're shining with you, Sabrina. Yes, I am very active on LinkedIn. And also, you can find me at sabrinarunback.com. There's a, a place where we can have a virtual coffee chat and just to see if we have a synergy. And of course, there's a lot to talk about. We talk about the three core executive level and the three uh, domains. Um, one is people. The second we didn't get to is awareness and communication side, right? That's all about marketing, representing yourself for getting visibility. And then the last thing is protection and structure because healthcare regulation, and, and it's very difficult to understand. So uh, happy to have a longer conversation on what that is, but definitely that people on culture side, both understanding others and yourself and boosting everybody together and along with your patients, it's the core of what healthcare means. This is uh, amazing. And I'm gonna include all of your social links in your website and so you can connect, tell them Howard sent you. Um, I'm Howard Brown, and you can connect with me on shiningbrightly.com. And um, uh, this is amazing. Uh, the podcast will be out soon. And, and you want to talk to Sabrina, okay? Um, she's my new friend and um, high quality, and uh, we're practicing what she's preaching. So thank you for being here today. It was amazing. And um, just uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see you soon at, at your healthcare uh, uh, podcast coming up this weekend. I look forward to participating. And uh, just uh, amazing what you're doing and how you're moving, uh, moving people forward. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.